0: Into the me, well, it's the end of the financial year. It's Wednesday, the 30th of June. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. Tim Gilbert here, and I'm joined by Shane Lee. How are you, Shane? You've had no sleep. You've been watching the tennis. Wimpleton, Wimbledon. I'll tell you what, full crowds, strawberries and cream.
1: Yeah, I love it, mate. It is uh, it is my favourite tennis tournament of the year. And, uh, yeah, it was some good tennis last night. Ash Barty winning, uh, which was fantastic. But, um, Alex Dimino went uh, went down unfortunately uh- I was hoping for big things for him after he sort of uh, lead into to Wimbledon but uh, wasn't to
0: be but uh, yeah, Ash Barty still fighting and, and still there and thereabouts. Yeah Serena Williams injured and out of the tournament she was in tears and uh, Roger Federer ended up getting through after he got a walk through so an interesting day at Wimbledon a couple of young Aussies had wins as well so uh, we'll continue to watch that with interest. Jaslyn Hewitt's going to be on the show with us tomorrow. Now you have the opportunity of course we will give this ball away on Friday the Westerns. City wanderers' sign Spartan Ball, but follow us on Twitter or Facebook, that is Afternoon Sport, follow us on Twitter or Facebook, and you could be in the running for that. Today we've got a huge show, Libby Birch plays for Melbourne in the AFLW, footy commentator, the voice of Australian soccer, Brenton Speed, and Paralympic coach, Andrew Dawes. Afternoon. What a huge huge night and morning it was for English sports fans right around the world, of course. They've beaten Germany 2-0 at the Euros. They progress. Uh, The voice of Australian soccer is Brenton Speed, and he joins us now. Branton, I know you got no sleep last night uh, and English fans, uh, you and I have got friends on a WhatsApp group and they've been going off like a frog in a sock like everyone else. Yeah, football's coming home or football's going to Rome (laughs) as the case may
2: be because England are off to the quarterfinals in the Italian capital after beating Germany at Wembley for the first time in a long time. An amazing game, locked at nil-nil for so long but they scored two late goals, Raheem Sterling on target Again, and then uh, Harry Kane popped up as well. Mm. So a, a magnificent win for the English.
1: Sterling, uh, yeah, as you said, popped up again, scored a goal. He has been doing this um, for a while now, and so it's real key, in, in, you know, I suppose, in a, um, a team sport, but he's been the man for, uh, for the Palms, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, grew up just around the corner from Wembley as well, so it meant a lot to him to, to pop up with that goal. But the difference maker was Jack Grealish. Now, the game was meandering along at at nil-nil, looked like uh, the prospect of extra time and penalties was there. But Gareth Southgate finally unleashed him 69 minutes in. And he's almost like uh, Paul Gascoigne, who really stole the show at Euro 96, the way that Jack Grealish plays. So he came on and played a part in both goals, including a quite fabulous assist for the sealer from Mm. Harry Kane as well. If you get a chance to watch the replay of the way that Grealish uh, Crossed the ball around the defender to find Harry Kane for that ceiling goal. It was quite remarkable. And hopefully he gets more game time as the uh, tournament continues. Well, I'm disappointed
0: because I was going for Germany. I, um, <laughs> what? I think it was the first <laughs> time I've ever gone for Germany just to beat the Poms. I want to see them win. Like, I, I don't want to see them with any wind in their sails to sledge <laughs> us about anything. Anyway, they're through. Good luck to them. The A-League season, you called the final um, Melbourne City, well, they deserved the premiership. They deserved to win. But when they went down to 10 Sydney FC, you just knew it was a fait complete. That was my disappointment. Yeah,
2: the red card always
0: uh, disappointing when we see a red
2: card in a grand final. But uh, Luke Bratton just lost his way, I think. He's really good mates with Scott Jamison. And Scott Jamison was the captain of mm. Melbourne City. And there was a bit of byplay play between those two. I think it just changed the dynamic. And, and suddenly Bratton... Just lost his way and picked up two quick fire yellow cards. Sydney FC had the lead. I thought that was against the run of play when Barbaroussis uh, scored the opening goal, but Melbourne City didn't take too long to respond. Uh, their youngsters in attack were fantastic. Kolakowski uh, teeing up Nathaniel Atkinson for that equaliser came at just the right time. Mm. And they dominated the game with an inexperienced lineup, Melbourne City. And after winning the Premier's plate in a canter, they back it up with their first ever. A League Championship, uh, thoroughly deserved, and you've got to credit Paddy Casnorbo for the way that he had that team playing right throughout the season. Brenton, uh, the Olympics
1: is fast approaching. Graham Arnold just named his Olyroos squad. Um, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, an eighteen-man squad. Spoke to Arnie yesterday, and they don't have to release players in the in the FIFA window. Uh, clubs right around the world, if they mm-hmm. don't want to. So Arnie made thirty phone calls to different clubs around Europe and what have you and asked for whether they'd release certain players. And, and it was a resounding no, pretty much across the board. Only three clubs said yes. So wow. uh, that's why that the squad is probably a little bit different to what others might've imagined. Um, they will give it a crack, but they're going to be um, inexperienced against the, the teams they'll come up against the likes of Spain and mm. Argentina. I mean, Spain have named a squad that includes Uh, five or six players involved in their most recent Euros game including the fantastic youngster Pedri and also Danny Olmo who can make a difference off the bench so I think Australia will have their work cut out but they uh, are dreaming big and and say they're going to shock the world so we'll see how they get on
0: Wouldn't that be great if uh, we could do it there and we could do it in the Matildas Brenton I know you've had no sleep too much sport is never enough particularly when you're in lockdown Uh, thanks for coming on Cheers boys Coming up on Afternoon Sport, a real delight, Libby Birch from the AFLW. She plays for Melbourne. PlaySport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and wellbeing activities in your community. Just go to PlaySport.com. PlaySport, whatever moves you. Well, the red and the blue Melbourne Demons are on the top of the competition ride at the moment. And we have a Melbourne player with us on Afternoon Sport, and Libby Birch is one of the great athletes of Aussie rules. How are you, Libby?
3: Good, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: That's all right. Libby, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Look, just reading over your, your history, you represented um, in state hockey. Um, you were playing under-21 state netball competition. You won a silver medal for Victoria. You then were asked to trial for the inaugural um, AFL Women's Series. And then 10 weeks later, you, you're winning a premiership. That is an Unbelievable sporting background.
3: Yeah, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a journey, and AFL was never ever on the scenes. and It was never on the cards. I always wanted to grow up and be an Australian diamond uh, for for netball, and it was actually the one and only Daisy Pearce who uh, about five years ago um, on june 16 shared her her boots and um, i got to play for the darban Falcons in the community league and then yeah 10 weeks later i was uh in a vflw premiership with with the darban Falcons who are an iconic sort of community Amazing. team who's won so many premierships it's unbelievable um and then i got a, a rookie scholarship with the with the
0: bulldogs yeah well tell us about the way it's grown since then the rookie scholarship of course spent a few Years with the Western Bulldogs, and then across to Melbourne. Uh, tell us about your journey and the growth of the sport because it's been exponential.
3: Yeah, it's been it's been a, a heck of a journey, and it's you know we're coming into our sixth season now, and to think about where it started and now where it where it's going, I think the just the sheer amount of um, impact that it's had at a community level, but also from a junior level, the amount of girls and the amount of I guess young boys as well that are. are you know, looking up, they've now got role models that are, that are females and I think that's so important um, because, you know, you can't be what you can't see and I know the girls down at Auskick um, now, you know, little try to be little Taylor Harrises or little Daisy Pierce's, and I think that's just the best and I think we've seen, we're starting to see some of the those athletes that have been playing Auskick Uh, right from the get go and we're starting to see that skill and that um, pure football ability come through at AFLW level because that pathway has now been created for females so I think it's just super exciting and uh, yeah we, we love being a part of it and it's you know something we take really seriously to be a role model.
1: It's really, really well said, Libby. You know, um, you, you can't be what you can't see. It's, it's really real, well put. Um, having two daughters myself, it is really important to have positive role models. Now, what's it like? Do to, to, to the girls, um, do you train at the same facilities as the as the men's club? Because I'm assuming it'd be a pretty good time to be a, uh, wearing a Melbourne jersey, both men or women at the moment.
3: Yeah, no, uh, it's it's different for every club, but uh, the Melbourne Football Club um, obviously is is doing very well at the moment. With us sort of finishing uh, the season, having just narrowly lost a preliminary final, mm-hmm. um, and and the boys doing so well now. Unfortunately, they they are based in Casey Fields at the moment, so we don't really get to f- feel the excitement of the men uh, just yet, but like the buzz around the club, we, we, we are mainly based through Amy Park uh, gotcha. and on Gosh's Paddock. But, you know, I think the way that the club's going at the moment, there's a real real spirit around the place and we just uh, are really embracing, uh, you know, how connected we feel. Like I know that um, Stephen May and, and Jake Lever helped me out a bit uh, with my football stuff. Like I watch their vision and, and things like that. So it's mm. really nice to be able to, to, to learn from the boys and for them to learn from us as well. Well
0: said. Well, they are daring to dream, aren't they? We were dealing in pennies and pounds last time the mighty Melbourne Demons uh, won the flag. Now, Libby, uh, you keep yourself busy. You're a physio like my wife uh, and like Shane's wife. um, uh, We've got physios all around us. Um, You've kept yourself busy and you've also uh, got involved recently with some new protective equipment. We've seen protective equipment in lots and lots of sports. But as the women's game and women's sport moves forward, this is really unique.
3: Yeah, and I uh, I actually, in contact sport, in contact female sport, I've never actually considered getting protective equipment for uh, mm-hmm. the chest area, so the breasts, and it was something that I think is a very... You know, difficult topic for for women and girls to talk about because it is a, an area where we 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 we, we want to protect, but we don't want to we don't want to sound uh, you know weak, or we we, we don't want to sound like that is is restricting us from playing contact mm. sport. So I think that's the main reason. I, I absolutely love wearing boob armor because um, of that very reason. Because I feel protected, but also because it starts a conversation. Uh, about you know protecting you know the most important area of a, f- a female body and just understanding that there are some consequences for getting hit hit there and and knowing that you can have sort of a modern day mouth guard as I call it um, in that area that's super easy to wear um, and makes you feel strong and powerful out in the field because I know from for a fact that Uh, 15 and 16 year old girls drop out the dropout rate is extremely high and i never ever want that to be because it's a contact sport so i think this is a, a great way for, for girls to feel confident out on the field.
1: It's definitely not a sign of weakness. And in cricket, uh, men wore a cricket box 100 years ago. It took them 100 years to decide to wear a helmet on your head. So it pretty much sums men up, I think. <laughs> and, and look, it's
0: a positive step in the right direction. It just goes to show where we're moving. And um, Libby, with, uh, with people like yourself representing women's sport and AFLW, we're in a very good place. Thanks so much for coming on Afternoon Sport.
3: No worries. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, we aren't far away from the Paralympics. Coming up next on Afternoon Sport, Paralympic coach, of course, he was with Kurt Fernley for so many years, Andrew Dawes. Rugby, it's a game they play in heaven. Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches, and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from Test Rugby, the club game, city to country, and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. Time to talk Paralympic sport here on Afternoon Sport and joining us is a man that has coached and coached for many, many years uh, in, in a variety of Paralympic sports, Andrew Dawes. How are you, Andrew? Yeah, great, guys. How are you going?
1: Andrew, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, now... The Tokyo coming up. Will that be your sixth time um, coaching at an Olympics?
0: Uh, be my seventh, seventh wow. time. Wow, jeez. Tell us about it. What's it like? Because I speak to a lot of coaches and have done over a long time, and of course Shane, having played at the top level, often coaches need to be much more than just technicians. They need to be a shoulder to lean on. They need to be a, a lot of things. Tell us about it.
4: Yeah, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. Um, Plenty of highs and lows. Um, particularly, I'm in athletics, so I don't have one team. I have, uh, you know, four or five different individual athletes. So one may have a really cracking game, and the other one might have a really, uh, you know, how's your forgettable game? So you're sort of you're riding the highs and lows, sometimes on a on an hourly basis.
1: Now, Andrew, uh, your wife Christy, um, she competes in the marathon, and. Um, she's qualified for the Tokyo Olympics now. If she goes, that'll be her seventh games as well. Now I'm currently at home with my three kids and and my wife working from home in lockdown. Um, just working with her from home. How do you go coaching your wife? Is there any some, any times when she gets a bit angry at you or when you're telling her to do stuff? Yeah,
4: mate. I think uh, <laughs> it was it was definitely difficult early on. Now now as you know, we've been married for we've been married for uh, eighteen years or so, and I've been coaching her a bit longer. You don't need to talk much anymore. <laughs> you just, uh, she just she 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 knows what she's doing, and generally we'll head off to a training session together out on the road. She'll be pushing, and I'll be on my on my bike, and uh, quite often. We'll come home, and we might be 200 metres apart. So you know what's going on there.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we don't need to talk too much around here. All I do is see the look on the face, and think, okay, all right, I'll stay quiet here. Uh, look, it's been a, it's been an illustrious and wonderful career for you, uh, Kurt Fernley, one of Australia's great sportsmen, greatest ever sportsman, I would say. Um, and he, he was towards the end of his career in London. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, your association with Kurt? Yeah, no,
4: Kurt and I have been, uh, you know, uh, great friends since I got a phone call once from his school teacher when he was 15, um, Out of, when he was at Carcourt and, and Blaney, and I was just starting my coaching career and uh went out there and met him and got him into the sport and uh, yeah, we've been associated ever since, so um, I was Kurt's one and only coach his whole career and we're still great friends to this day. it's been a,
0: a great journey. What an athlete.
4: Yeah, mate, he's just... Uh, one of those kids that even as a 16 or 7-year-old kid had, had a lot of uh, ambition and confidence and, you know, he's, he kept telling me he was going to do this and that and I was had to keep putting the brakes on him a bit. But uh, after a few years, I realised just let him go and uh, he, he could basically put something, put his mind to something and he'd... Um, He'd, he'd work that hard to get there.
1: Andrew, being involved in the in the sport for so long now, um, has the has government support improved and has, has the corporate dollar also improved?
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely great improvements. Like okay. It's really happened probably in the last 10 years. Like mm-hmm. when Kurt, I'm based up here in Newcastle, when he first moved up here to train full time, he was living on bread and butter pretty much and that was in the early 2000s. Um, right. But now athletes are pretty well supported, not uh, you know, not earning big professional contracts, but, uh, getting enough
0: to uh, train full-time. Yeah, well, that, that is a positive sign, but it has a long way to go. And, and uh, interviews like this, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to you when you're over in Tokyo, uh, are going to help. And Because and, and, some of the most extraordinary athletes. Uh, tell us about this logistical nightmare of trying to get in and out of Tokyo. Um, look, uh, we've all been to big events when there's no pandemic. What's it like? So you're, you're married to an athlete. Your coach her, Christy, and then you've got two little kids. I mean, how do you do it? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Um, It'll probably work out that I
4: might – I won't even be there when Christy's competing probably. I'll get over there earlier and mm. um, work with my other athletes. And then, you know, Christy's uh, a veteran. I shouldn't say a veteran, but an experienced <laughs> athlete. So... <laughs>
0: He'll be in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
4: Uh, yeah, I'll um, and then I'll get home um, – and unfortunately have to do the uh, two week hotel quarantine and she'll head off. So I I probably won't even see her for four or five weeks, but I'll get home and then look after the kids. And uh, then she's got to come home after her event and, and and do the hotel quarantine as well. So it's definitely a different games, but, um, you know, we'll look back at it in six weeks and yeah, it'll still be a,
1: a, a good memory in some ways and Andrew just finally mate you've um you've coached some superstars in uh, in the Paralympic sports um Louise Savage who I remember watching her I was really um it was, it was emotional to watch that Greg Smith and Fabian Blackman, some really um superstars you've coached personally
4: yeah mate I've been very very lucky I remember coming into the sport as a coach quite young and I was in awe of Louise Savage and then mm. one day she came up and asked me to to coach her and I be honest I didn't think I was ready but it was too good of an opportunity to let um let Mm. go and she actually probably had just had more of an impact on me than I actually had on her in those uh younger years so just being one of those you know people often say you're in the right place at the right time and Mm. uh definitely is a situation for me
0: Andrew good on you congratulations on your body of work so far we wish you all the very best navigating these next couple of months and we look forward to having a chat real soon yeah great guys thank you very much That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to Libby Birch, Brenton Speed and Andrew Dawes. Thanks to Spartan Sports, Shano. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And the great man, our producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. See you tomorrow for a daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.